Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all hard style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. You bet it is. Silver Chief Edition talking all things the Meadows. Really, really looking forward to this one. And to chat everything Meadows, we've got Corey Smith back from Queensland. Smithy, firstly, mate, welcome along. Secondly, how was the uh, the trip to sunny Queensland? I hear it wasn't so honey. Wasn't so sunny. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't so sunny up in Queensland. Apparently, we uh, we took the weather with us from Victoria and landed in Queensland. And it wasn't all that great. But I tell you what, the Queensland flame... They, uh, they put on a good show up there at Albion Park, and we, we enjoyed our time up there. I was up there for less than 24 hours, so it was a real fly-in, fly-out mission, but uh, we managed to lock away the last Phoenix slot, which is exciting, and, and uh, yeah, we, we flew back down, and all systems go. Let's chat about that. Phoenix, obviously not this Saturday, the following Saturday, but uh, all eight positions are locked in, effectively set in stone. We'll go through them now, Smithy, but is there one that, that already stands out for you? Is it the, the star that is, wow, she's fast, or Amron Boy, who was sensational? I mean, if Rejuvenate didn't do what he did um, last Saturday night, we'd be sitting there going, that run of Amron Boy was just something out of this world. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the box draw is going to be really, really important. Mm. It's, there's a lot of dogs in there that want the inside. There's obviously McInerney that uses a bit of the track, so you probably don't want to be drawn outside McInerney. And uh, I think it'll it'll just uh, it'll kind of pay to see who who gets one, two, and three because I think the winner will probably come from there, uh, looking at the field and and where they want to be drawn. Well, you think that naturally, but then I, I go back to the first running of the Phoenix, and wow, she's fast, drew awkwardly, um, and ends up winning the race. So. I guess anything can happen. Here's the pre-draw market with Sportsbet. Uh, Amron Boy, $3.40 favourite with Wow She's Fast. She's a Pearl, four fifty. Plaintiff, good value for the, the clear leader on paper, um, $8. Paddy Wants Pats at $10. El Dorado's 11 McInerney's 19 And Well, you went to Queensland, watched Tyana Bell in the flesh last week in the flame. She's $41, but it would be just a dream for connections, I think, to front up in a Phoenix. But realistically... She's going to struggle, isn't she, Smithy? Even though she was impressive to win a, a rough race in in Queensland last week. Yeah, I think she's a three ninety five track record holder at Albion Park, so she's got plenty of early pace. So she might buy for the lead early, or or at least settle top four somewhere around there. But uh, she won't have seen the track. So Dougie Gladman, her trainer's decided he's going to he's going to bring her down without uh, without giving her a trial. You reckon she's good first <laughs> first up? tracks so that's uh that's the way he's going to roll with it so yeah. it'll be interesting to see we won't know from, there's no trial form it's only albion park form coming down so it'll be interesting to see but uh yeah i, I won't be chiming in at the 41 dollars personally no probably I'd, I'd be willing to offer 100 to 1 to be fair but uh yeah credit to them they're obviously fairly confident that, that that she will perform well first up hey this podcast is all about focusing on the silver chief the big race that is and I went on to greyhandclubsaustralia.com.au and they have the honour rolls there, Corey, and um, they've got a little bit of a spiel on the Silver Chief, so I thought I'd just quickly speak this one out. The classic is one steeped in tradition, first being run in 1964. Directors of the Melbourne Greyhound Racing Association saw fit to name the classic after the Greyhound Silver Chief, who was whelped in 1936 and owned by Ray Herbert. Silver Chief was a Waterloo Cup winner up the straight, obviously, in the coursing in 1939 and performed admirably on the speed coursing circuit as well. He raced in both Melbourne and Sydney and was keenly sought after for stud duties once his career was finished. The cream of racing have won this event 
referred to the derby of greyhound racing. And the reason I say that is have a look at the honour roll. Even just recently, Lakeview Walter, Zippy Tesla, Simon Told Helen, uh, right back to out of range, above all, Godsend, Jimmy Neutron, Big Daddy Cool. Uh, there's just been so many good ones. Awesome Assassin. It's such a, a race steeped in history. And the reason I wanted to mention that, Smithy, was the fact this is the derby of greyhound racing. Yeah, it certainly is. I think uh, think that write-up kind of sums it up pretty well. It's, it is steeped in tradition. There's been some absolute superstars win it over time. You've seen plenty of stud dogs. I actually saw the replay of, uh, of Big Daddy Cool's win win the other day and mm. wasn't there a super dog big striking animal he was but uh yeah it's it's steeped in tradition and i tell you what i'd love to win a silver chief because just about every dog that wins it goes on to have a, a decent stud career as well 100 mm, percent. the other one i should have mentioned was maybe one of the best winners of, of all time in in canton bale so there is no doubt it is a race for the champions run of the week well, let's tuck into run of the week. Uh, just quickly before we do that, Brett Mackey, who's got a pretty strong hand, I think, at the Meadows Saturday night. A couple of runners jumping from the cherry. We'll have him on the podcast toward the end of the show. But first up, run of the week from last week. It had to be Rejuvenate. He has never, ever been 500 metres. I believe in a trial he's never been 500 metres. Uh, he has trialled the, the box-to-box there at the Meadows. But to go out and run 29.47 First look under race conditions at the Meadows. First look under race conditions, maybe ever over 500. This was extraordinary from this star pup rejuvenate. Racing, rejuvenate out fast on the inside. Good chat, Westby is going up fast. Uh, dropping out last, there would have been Deakley Class. May have gone a miss as they turn to the back straight now. And rejuvenate the leader. Two lengths out in front. Brutal power, handy second. Four lengths away then. Good chat, Westby. A gap in the race in Victor Damien. Winnington Bale, followed by Zylan Bale. Coming off the back straight and rejuvenate the leader. Shot away. Eight out in front over Brutal Power. Good chat, Westby. Followed then by Victor Damien and Winnington Bale. But rejuvenate is set for another big win. It's blazing a great trail here to win it. In a breeze. Good chat, Westby. You knew as soon as that race sort of began, and then you see 17.58 flash up down the back. He was going to run an extraordinary time. But did that surprise you at all, Corey, to run 29.47 first go over the 500 in town? I, I would have to say that is the best Metropolitan City debut of just about any greyhound I can recall. Yeah, it's definitely just obscene what he did. Basically, I've, I've kind of run out of words to describe it. I was standing with a few people when I saw that time flash up down the back. I was like, wow, this is going to be seriously quick. But I didn't expect him to run home in the time he did either. So to come come out and run 29.47, I know he's gone 25.30-odd at Warrigal and, and run the hands off the clock basically everywhere he's been. But to, to run that first go around two turns in a metropolitan race in a Group 1 heat, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling really. At his, I think it was his 12th start. Mm. Um, obviously, Amron Boy came out and went a little bit quicker, but he's a little bit more seasoned, and, and we almost kind of expect that of him at this stage of his career. But rejuvenate to come out and do it when it mattered, it was uh, it was really it was simply simply obscene. That's the best way I can put it. You just got your trainer's license, Corey Smith. You've got one kennel in the backyard, um, and they've offered you rejuvenate or Amron Boy. Who do you pick right now? Oh, you're really trying to make headlines out of me here. I'll take either one of them. I, they're, they're different dogs, but uh, I would not be fussy. I'd take any of them out of the Silver Chiefs, to be perfectly honest. Well, it's funny because I, I feel like you'd have to pick Rejuvenate because he's got the scope to turn into something. But then with Amron Boy, you know, he, like you say, he's a seasoned campaigner. He's there. He's done that. Um, and he's Mr. Reliable. And I think he's been so, so unlucky in the last month. So maybe, just maybe, it'll turn around now for them. Saturday's preview. 
preview time for Saturday night racing. 12 on the card, first 6.37, last 10.31. So just under four hours to find 12 winners. Corey, for Saturday night, mate, we begin with a maiden final. Sports bet, bet with mates final. I've got a, a nephew who's only recently turned 18 and, and he keeps sending me messages. You got a tip for me, Jimmy? I'm on bet with mates. I'm on bet with mates. They, uh, they love it, the young blokes. Have you got one for me in race one? I might be able to send it through to him. Uh, well, I think you should send through sender to him. I think uh, box one will suit perfectly. It's improving 30-77 this first start, 30-48. I think it's getting better. It's learning its craft, and I think it'll be winning this one. It'll run 30-10, and 10, I reckon, this week. Uh, if you go back and watch the replay, download the Watchdog app last week. I know they've put that little mark of trouble they find in the form guide, and, and with him it says there's nothing. But if you go back and watch the replay, he was all over their heels at the first corner. I think he lost four or five lengths. So uh, he's progressing. He's trained by Team Thompson. He ticks a lot of boxes, so I'm keen as well on number one sender. I'll send that one through. Race number two. I'm with five, Ludo Bagman. Um, bit of a hard greyhound to, to follow. And I think the Cockerels, they can have greyhounds like that, whether or not it's just the line or... that. I think it just comes down to the fact they're not always brilliant away, but they're, they're all so explosively talented when they get it right. So when they do get clean air, they're, they're just so impressive to watch. And I think Ludo Bagman, I'm willing to take the risk that if he steps and he can reproduce what he did at Geelong, um, he's going to be pretty hard to beat in a, in a tough race, though. I'm going to stick with the inside drawer again. Uh, drive me bonkers for Anthony as a party. How's the breeding on it? Superior Panama, Nikki Field. She's thrown a few good ones. And while I don't think this one's right up to the class of it, he did go pretty early at Bendigo. And I think he'll be leading out in front from box one. Okay, race number three. I'm with the Azapati runner here. All spritzed up number five. I think Tyler Durden is just in such good form and I think he'll run a big race. But uh, I'm going to go race three, number five. The draw's a challenge, but I thought he was unlucky last week in a, in a big heat of the uh, the Silver Chief. Yeah, I think I'm seeing this the same way you are. All spritzed up on top for me, Anthony Azapati. He was uh, obviously awesome throughout the Great Chase series and then luckless in a heat of the Group 1 Silver Chief. Like you said, the old boy Tyler Durden, he's absolutely flying along, but all spritzed up for me. What do you think about that? I know we spoke a little bit about the grading system of late, but he's won a he's won a group race at the Meadows and he's still a grade five on a Saturday. Like, I don't really take to that well, all spritzed up. Yeah, we... Yeah, it's it, it's obviously always tough, and I think we could all uh, chat till the cows come home about what we would do to improve the grading. But yeah, look, I think you're right in this this regard. He's very well placed though by Anthony as a party. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, look, that's the, the the knack of the trainer. We had was it uh, on the off the other week that we said was the best greyhound graded you've ever seen, and it fell in by a nose. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to win. Uh, race four on with two, Tobin Frost. He did what Tobin Frost did last week, or what he always does. He'll storm home, and uh, I think the five commission's going to lead. I, I just don't like Mapunga Warrior from wide draws. He's probably in the twilight of his career. So I'm with uh, Tobin Frost to storm home late and run a big one. This is a race full of dogs that I would love to own but hate to punt on. So, as you said, Mapunga Warrior is probably, probably the most trustworthy one there, but he doesn't really like being drawn out wide. The smaller field might suit, um, but I think this is probably a same race multi sort of one, top two, top three with Tobin Frost and uh, Mapunga Warrior. I'm going to add to that commission to run in the top three or four because I think he'll go straight to the top early. Race five, on with five, Aston Samba. Hard race, not the, the strongest 600-metre metro race you'll see and just a consistent type. And I don't mind these uh, these Aston Greyhounds that the uh, the Magris and the Malias have, the Malias uh, from box number five when they can just hit the start. Reminds me a little bit of Aston Velvet, I think it is, this one. Uh, Aston Samba might be able to race the same way. 
Well, that's a big wrap, and uh, I, this a, is a not race. Not as good, that, Smithy. Not as good, but a similar type of dog. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a race that I I don't think I will be even remotely punting in in the quarter. It'll probably be a field leg, but yeah, my on top selection is Aston Samba. Uh, quarter, very very well graded in the Grade Five final after running a big race in the Bold Trees. I'm I'm with the red here. Yeah, I'm also with the red. With that, to me, the, the danger is Amani Bale. If she she gets a crack at him, uh, she's she'll be charging home late. But quarter on top, highly likely Quinella in race number seven, Kasaya and Zippy Tesla. I found it hard to split them. Um, I think the red's going to go through and maybe hold the lead. Um, if the red can hold the four out, then Zippy Tesla might be able to get lucky and get the run through. But honestly, I can't split them. I'd, I'd maybe maybe look to have a bet on both if they're both in excess of even money on the night. Yeah, I'm with you there. I've got Zippy Tesla on top. Um, I'm not sure how short he's going to come up, but if you're getting $2 plus, it's definitely a bet in this sort of race. He's an absolute all-star, and he doesn't care who's in his way. He'll uh, he'll make room for himself. Sports bet Silver Chief Final, Group 100,000 to the winner. Uh, terrific race, 5.25. We've touched on the honour roll. Four minutes past nine, the race will be ran. Landon Bale in one, Rejuvenate two, Amron Boy, Amron Dan three and four, Scofflaw five, False Confidence six for Aaron D. Batista, who's flying, Triumph has drawn seven. Awkward draw for him. Eula Bale in box eight. Reserve showman Jack from New South Wales and Tinker Norm. I'm tipping two. Rejuvenate to beat three. Amron Boy, one Landon Bale. And I think number four, Amron Dan, is the big, big chance to run a, a really big race because I think Rejuvenate, Amron Boy are going to go out quickly. Landon Bale's going to probably hold them out to the first corner um, with the inside running. And if Amron Dan is just sort of sitting back behind that speed in fourth or fifth but holding the rail, um, I think he can maybe pick off a, a Landon Bale and, and run a place, if anything. But uh, I'd be playing a same racer with those numbers in some kind of order. I've gone 2 three, one, four in the Silver Chief. What about you, Smith Doggy Dog? I've actually got the exact same numbers, so that's, uh, that's, a, that's a scary thought. My only concern with Amron Boy is Rejuvenate did uh, use a little bit of the track at the first turn. Maybe we can count that down to he hasn't seen the Meadows yeah. all that often. A uh, bit of a shorter run into the turn than what he's used to in, in most of his races. So if, if he doesn't do that, then Amron Boy probably sits outside of him and, and goes past. As he said, Landon Bale, I think, is the clear leader. Went five flat early uh, and probably the, the best place bet of the race, I think, uh, will get get out in front, be highballing and be difficult to chase down. But the two and the three here are just different gravy. They, As you can see by their times, 29.45 and 29.47, they are absolute rockets. So whoever gets a clear crack at them will be winning out of those two, I think. And Amron Dan, he's uh, he would just chase through a brick wall. There's this run that I just keep thinking back to. He just was an absolute good thing beat at the Meadows. He hit the rail in the first turn and just rattled home. He, he's going to be doing that again, hopefully without the, the hitting the rail. But it's... Uh, it's a cracking race for Silver Chief, and I'm really excited. I wouldn't be shocked to see any of them win it, to be honest. Um, there's bit, there's like Triumph out wide. He's an absolute rocket. The eight, if it can get across, can win. The six is in really, really good form. And Scofflaw, he's got he's got a little bit of X factor that dog. So it's uh, it's a ripping race, and I'm I'm very, very excited to be on track to see it. Hey, it sounds to me like you want rejuvenating your kennel over Amron Boy, just by what you're saying there. <laughs> if, if you swapped the boxes, I'd be yeah. very keen on Amron Boy. I agree. I'll put it that way. I agree. No, 100%, I agree. Um, it's going to be a great clash, though, and you'd just love to see the red lead two and three get a clean run to second and third because it will be a silver chief for the ages. Race nine, I'm with eight Osprey Storm. Tricky little race, but I think the seven can jump well, go to the rail, drag the eight across, and therefore Osprey Storm hard to beat in this one. Schmithy, I think box eight's not too bad for him either. 
Yeah, I think we must be reading from the exact same form guide. So I'm with that as well. I think you will get a card across Osprey Storm. Uh, Amnesty obviously has the ability to win a race like this. I just want to see it. So uh, with Osprey Storm. Race 10 on with Kung Pao Kevin. I think the five will step out. If it doesn't collide with the six, I think Orson Lee can win the race. But I'm really concerned the six is going to go left and the five is going to go right. And they're going to have a bump at Box Rise. And Kung Pao Kevin can go pow, pow, pow and win. I'm uh, I'm thinking oh, you've just rattled me there with the pow pow pow, pow thing, but uh, Peaky Blazer for me each way. I think it's uh, a decent amount of value. I think they're probably playing it heavier the place, um, but I think it'll get a nice little card into the race as it drops down in distance. Race eleven, three Balbina Bale, big big run to win at Sandown last time. Just going across to a different track, similar type of race. I think can win again. Balbina Bale number three. Uh, I, I kind of feel sick doing this, and I'm sure I'll get a text from Paula Bella cursing me for it as well. But I think Aston Suzette, her run where she chased down, well, didn't chase down, but she was chasing Zoe Bale in defeat uh, on Top Gun night. I think if she brings that sort of form, she, she can go really well. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed for Aston Suzette. We can see the best of her because the best of her will be winning a race like this. I wish she did run, run down Zoe Bale that night, but uh, not to be. I made her my value better than night, and she ran second. Race 12, Federal Outlaw, I think will... Uh, there's a key when the lid's open that the two and the one, whoever gets the run to the first corner, I think could win the race. I'm just hoping Crackerjack King will push to the rail, so Federal Outlaw, he has to begin better and be that little bit ahead in the run to the first corner, and I think if that is the case, the red is going to be hard to beat here. Smithy, the last... Yeah, I've got the one on top again, Federal Outlaw. So it's it's getting a bit of a boring podcast. There's no uh, contrary opinions, but Federal Outlaw on top for mine. I think he gets that run. He can hold off the two at its uh, at its city debut, and we can get the chocolates in the last in the get-out stakes. I don't think it's a bad thing, mate, because it just means we're reading the form similar, um, and I think when we do do this, we generally tip a lot of winners, and it doesn't look the easiest program, to be fair. So to have the same tips is probably a good thing. Yeah, no, it's definitely not the easiest program I've ever seen, but uh, there hasn't been many of those, but we, we, we try our best, mate. We try our best. There's always 12 winners, as I say. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Hunters, hunting club. 12 winners to be found. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness me, Smithy. Good to have you back, mate. I missed you last week. I, you and Jason both took off on me and left me stranded here uh, in my office doing the podcast alone. So it's nice to have someone to chat to, and hence we've gone on a little bit on this podcast. Punters Punning Club, really, really hard one. I'm going to go $50 a place on Tyler Durden, race three, number one. Probably doing that because uh, the Maxter, Brett Mackey's about to come on the pod, and I want to keep him happy. Uh, I'm just going to go $50 the win on quarter in race six. I think he's improving type. He's uh, obviously placed in a group one a couple of starts ago. I, I have a bit of an opinion of him, and I think he's getting better and better, and this race looks very winnable in a grade five. A non-punters punting club bet, but if you were to have a bet in the sports bet, Silver Chief, what would that be? Uh, Landon Bale to place mm. it would be my, my best play of that race, I think. It's too hard to split the two and the three. Whichever gets the better run, I think, will definitely be winning. But uh, Landon Bale to place for mine's the, the very likely leader. I'd have a trifecta two and three to win. One, two, three, four for second. And one, two, three, four for third would be the way to play that. Good luck, Smithy, anyway, mate, with uh, with the Meadows. It's going to be a big, big night. And hopefully that, uh, that Silver Chief lives up to the hype and, and we can get the race that we're hoping for. It certainly will, mate. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully we see plenty of faces out on track the next couple of weeks because we're going to have a couple of big nights. So fingers crossed everyone's out there and uh, I'll have a couple of beers with you after the last. Done. Thanks, Smithy. Good luck, mate. I'll chat to you next week for the Phoenix.
Cheers, mate. Inside Info. Well, the man who's in the good books when it comes to getting a good box drawer is Brett Mackey, and for the first time on the podcast, he's been good enough to bounce on, take the phone call, and have a bit of a chat. Maxter, how are you? I'm um, good, thanks, James. Hey, thanks for coming on, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, on a bit of a serious note, you must be happy, though. Uh, you've got two runners Saturday night, uh, Mr. Fire Kick, who's got a big motor, um, and Tyler Durden. I want to chat about him in just a moment, but you must be happy. Two, two dogs in, two box number ones. How do you, how do you make that happen? Oh, well, I, I just I don't worry about the boxer anymore. No one worried about me getting about four or five box four and fives last weekend, so you just deal with what you get. <laughs> no, it's probably a good way to put it. Hey, how did you get involved in racing, mate? Uh, where where did it begin for Brett Mackey? The the first moment you you struck eyes, I guess, on the the sport of greyhound racing. Uh, well, my family's got no history at all in greyhounds, but we grew up only five minute walk from the Sandown Park uh, greyhound track. Um, and it goes back to uh, watching dogs like um, Doris, uh, Doris Lee, Tachycardia, Eaglehawk Star. Did when I was about fifteen or sixteen, um, and I just, I just actually grew to love the, uh, actually the animal. And from then, what's the, what's the next move? I guess you, you, you you're just a fan at that point. You go to Sandown, you love the races. What is it that then makes you go? Well, I'm actually going to have a crack at this, and I'm, I'm going to get involved. Was it ownership first, and then training down the track? Uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, we brought a pup when we were about sixteen, um, and a couple of mates. Um, uh, we brought it through the Bates, uh, through, and and looking back now, the the pups broke in that slow, but Graham took them for us. <laughs> um, I think he just felt sorry for us, and they were probably about two seconds off the pace, but he but he took them on. And when uh, one of my friends brought another pup, and it was going okay, and he, and Graham said, look this dog will go okay on the other side of town. And I started to train and I, I said, I'll, I'll have a go at training it. And you won first up with him. Well, there you go. And, and mate, how long ago was this? Like not giving your age away, but you've obviously been involved a long, long time, man. Uh, that's about 30, uh, oh, 30, uh, yeah, it's about 30, it's a long time ago. Well, let's, let's not, <laughs> let's not add up the calculations, mate. You look only about 25, so we'll get away with that. Uh, you obviously have a real passion for, for greyhound racing itself nowadays, mate. You've got a, a, a good kennel, a, a big kennel of dogs, and, and you're having a, a really good run of success, especially over the last few years, mate, where I've sort of, you know, seen your name bobbing up as, as a winner left, right, and centre. Yeah, look, we've, uh, we've got a nice uh, brood bitch base now. Um, we've got a couple of good owners that got a, a really fantastic owner, Alan Lee, as well. Um, and, look, I, I just hope to get a few more winners for him because he puts a lot of money into it, and, he, and, and he's probably the best owner going around. Well, let's have a chat about that. Tyler Durden, um, Alan owns the dog, um, was raced by Jeff Britton and Ange Langton. And look, I think to be fair, was probably at the twilight of his career. He'd sort of lost a little bit of form. How, how did you come to, uh, to to get that dog in your kennel and, and from there, obviously turn him around a little bit and, and, and maybe the change of scenery and everything. But you've done a really good job with this dog and, and he's, he's now in a purple patch of form going for a metropolitan race from box number one. So I guess to, to, to start by asking the question, how did you come to get to train him? Oh, look, I just got really lucky. Um, the dog was still running really fast. I think the second or third uh, last run for Jeff, I think he went 29.40 around Sandown. And Jeff said, when I, when I picked him up, he goes, look, his first run back from me trolled 22.39 at Geelong. But he's just running with a bit of, you know, bit of bad luck and in the high-end company all the time. Um, but, yeah, I got I got lucky. They had a heap of pups coming through. They needed kennel space. He hadn't won for a while. Um, and I got asked to take him. Because he, he, he tore a triangle muscle, uh, he drew box one at uh, Sandown and he tore a triangle. So, um, so uh, I got him at that stage, 
And in hindsight, although it wasn't good at the time, at his first trial for me, he actually fractured his fibula, um, which took about 10 weeks to heal. Uh, but in hindsight now, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. It just gave him a real big break, a big letdown, and um, you know, he's come back a, a bit of a different body shape. It's probably funny, mate, because I don't, I don't think we see that in the greyhounds where the dogs are just put out for a spell, whether it be for, for no particular reason, just two or three months off, where in the gallops, that, that's a common occurrence. They'll front up for a, a campaign and then they have, you know, three, four, five months on the sidelines out in the paddock and, and then they come back. But maybe, especially for the older dogs, it might be nice just to freshen up, do something a little bit different and then come back and, and have a second go. And look, with this dog, it's clearly worked. Yeah, oh, look, it helps when they've got a massive motor. Um, look, as I said, Jeff said to at his second trial back for him, he went 22-30 at Geelong. So we, we knew he, was, he still had it in him. And, and um, yeah, and as I said, it was probably just, um, just probably the right timing. Um, and the big break was just perfect for him. And, yeah, look, um, yeah, look, the dog was in fantastic nick. So you you got to take him when you can get him, the, the fast ones. Well, mate, things have fell into place just perfectly and you're doing very, very well. What about Mr. Kick? Now, I'd imagine as a trainer he's a little bit of a frustrating dog to train because he has got enormous ability, this dog, and he doesn't always put it all together. But when he gets a clean run over five or 600 metres, he's just about as quick as any dog going around. <laughs> Look, he's an enigma. Um, <laughs> he is, every time after a spell, he, he's speed-wise, he's the fastest dog in the kennel. Um, he, he, him and Tyler didn't come back at the same time. And he, he hands nearly two lengths quicker than him on, on the, on the fly. Wow. Um, yeah, but, um, this, this preparation is a bit different. Um, we're just stepping him up straight away cause he's, he actually had a, 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 a chip taken out of his stopper. So it was, we thought it was career ending. He is actually, if he was a horse and you're a track watcher, if you're watching what his run homes were been in his first few runs, they've been enormous. Like he probably nearly matched what Rejuvenate did um, in that Warrigal run. He probably, if he lost anything, it was only a length or two at max, and he ran home, I think, 14, 13 over the 460. Mm. Um, he actually took, for his satisfactory trial, I, I actually trialed him. I couldn't get a race with Tyler Durden, and um, I used Tyler Durden in the trial to give him something to chase. And he actually took t- uh, five lengths off Tyler Durden, and, and Tyler Durden trialed uh, 29.40. So, um, look, he, he is absolutely flying. But once again, no doubt on Saturday night, once they go past the post the first time, I'll be saying, okay, here we go again. We just need a bit of luck. Mm. No, he's, he's that type of dog, mate, but uh, clearly, clearly has a big motor. I've actually made my best bet for the program at this meeting, Tyler Durden, to run a place. Do you reckon that's a relatively smart decision? Well, I'm hoping. Look, last week um, was the first time I've backed him up a bit quicker from his other runs. All the other runs, he's been having a six or seven day break. Um, I've, I've gone back to the seven day break this time. Look, if he met, if he, if he, if he repeats his Geelong run and, and his Warrigal run, he's right in it, especially for a place. Mm, that's um, what I thought. So, yeah. Um, and look, he was a bit unlucky last week. He just, he didn't lead ping. He jumped okay. Got, got squeezed up a little bit. And then when he was making his run at the back, end, of, end of the back straight, he, he caught him at the wrong time and then and took the wrong option and took the wide wide run. So you end up nowhere then. Yeah, and the dog who took the inside run, who I thought he was going better than at the point in time, was Tobin Frost, and he almost won the race. So I think I think you're spot on, mate. I think the run was, yeah. was very, very good. So we're going to mark him as the, the best of the two, two chances and mystify kick. Just a close watch, and like you say, we'll just keep an eye on him because uh, if he does get it all right, he's going he's gonna to be a really nice tie. Hey, what's the, what's the dream, mate? You've been involved, I think you said 37 years in racing uh, what's been your biggest win and what is the race that you want to win two-part question uh look my biggest win was probably i've won the uh john Dillon with uh juniper pearl yep and 
back in the day, I probably had probably the fastest dog in Australia at the time. And then I, uh, I had a dog called Chopper Harley back in '95. Um, he he was going to be an absolute freak. Um, but we crashed on the way home back from uh, Sydney, which it affected him a lot. But um, he still turned out to be a nice dog. Um, yeah, he won a breeder's plate for me in um in South Australia. Um, but obviously growing up right next to the Sandown track, everyone I think dreams of the Melbourne Cup. Mm. No, I think everyone does. Uh, like you say, it would be a, it would be a good story if uh, if you grew up five minutes from the track and then one day you won the greatest race, ran at that track. Keep doing what you're doing, Maxter. We thank you for coming on the podcast, mate, and uh, just do the job and get Tyler Durden home for a place, mate, and we'll be more than happy. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, James. And that is all for the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Once again, big, big night of racing. Let's hope this clash rejuvenate Amron Boy can happen. They can go stride for stride down the back and the hawk can get up and about it's amron boy and rejuvenate it'd just be it'd be something so so special so looking forward to that good luck happy punting for a big night silver chief night at the meadows this saturday night